1: love manners deeper than you think. Next, on Eternal Dirtles. But
0: I'll keep it up with the hey, I just I'll keep it a up quick shout out to all of our Patreon supporters, the supporters, supporters out, the out there. there. Thank you to the Dirtle Maniacs. If you want to be a Dirtle Maniac, go to patreon.com slash Dirtles and help support the channel. It keeps things going. It keeps things updated. Thanks so much for watching. On with the show.
1: Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark. And with me, as always, Phil Blackman. Phil, how's it going, man? Zach, I've been hearing a lot of people talk down Karloff Manor as like the least impactful or uh, you know, influential set in a long time. And I think they're wrong. Yeah. I think uh I, I'm I'm
0: interested wrong. to I'm interested to hear uh what what your take is on this. Uh before we hop into the like meat of, of uh of the podcast, I wanted to just quickly uh you know, we haven't been on for like a a week. Uh I I'm working on this uh PowerPoint presentation for uh magic con uh chicago so if you're in magic con chicago definitely check that out saturday at like 5:30, i think is when it starts uh it's a uh retrospective on 30 years of magic media with uh Morrow. so uh definitely definitely check that out but that's why we haven't had uh like the constant episodes that we normally have we're looking to start ramping up again as we get more funding um and obviously you know uh that always i i, I have to shamelessly uh say, you know, we got to thank all of our Patreon supporters for that, because that's definitely helping us outsource some of our editing and stuff like that. And we, uh, we're looking for editors right now. Uh, you know, just things that we can do to make it a little bit easier to get the podcast out to you. So that, that's where we are right now. I don't want anybody to think that we're like slacking or we're going to stop anytime soon. Uh, there's just been a, 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 sl- a, small, lull in time. That's all. Eternal Dirtles is proud to be sponsored by Moxfield. Moxfield is the best Magic: The Gathering deck building website on the internet. You can create, share, and find decks from Commander to Legacy and even fan supported formats like Pre Modern and Old School. You can see all of our decks on our Moxfield. Follow the links below to stay tuned.
1: Yeah, but like that when, when in March when you actually go and get to do that. So uh, that is this panel. week. It's it gonna be this, Friday. this week. Sorry, yeah, yeah. It's the end of February. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be so awesome. Like, I'm so hyped to like get to watch the back end of that.
0: We're gonna have a lot of content uh, coming out at the beginning of March,
1: basically. Yeah. yeah uh, it's gonna be so, sweet.
0: so I think, yeah, uh, that that all comes down to you know the support we get from our from our viewers and our sponsors. And also, so, this episode
1: uh, is uh, also coming out right before Fallout previews too. And you know, who knows what kind of insane yeah nonsense we're gonna get from that? I don't know. I don't know any of the Fallout lower, but Uh, friend of the pod, uh, Joe Dyer, he's going to be doing a rundown of like the flavor of every, you know, he's, he's a big fallout guy. So he's going to give, uh, some, you know, flavor lore as to like why the card is designed the way that it is designed when they come out. And so I'm going to be, you know, frequenting his Twitter. To yeah. get the rundown on like why everything is, because I will not be catching up on the actual IP. Jo-
0: Joe has the the same amount of lore knowledge in Fallout that I had in Lord of the Rings, so you do you do well to follow him uh, wherever he's posting uh, his his uh, lore drops. Uh, yeah, I'm, we- I'm super excited for Three Dog. I don't know if you know who Three Dog is. He's the DJ no. in Fallout Three. So uh, if they if if they put out a Three Dog card, I'm into that because. Uh, it's it's like three dog says Phil, when two dogs aren't enough but four's too many, three dog, ow ow,
1: you can't argue with that, can't <laughs> yeah, you know? It's pretty pretty straightforward, right?
0: Uh, yeah. So anyhow, let's talk about uh, murders at Karlov Manor. Uh, you have uh, you have some takes. One of them is is the card to deuce, but you said there's a lot more than that. This this set's looking deeper then uh, a lot of people are giving me credit for.
1: Yeah, so I, I've been, ever since the set came out, I've been testing deduce in Miracles. Now, I have uh, an analogy for, you know, my Miracle homies out there, uh, <laughs> all me and myself. And, uh, but like, I'll, I'll explain like why deduce has been powerful, even like more powerful than it seems at first glance, uh, because I think just investigate is a mechanic, you know, previously the best thing that we saw with investigate was tireless tracker. And I feel like during Tireless Tracker's Pedigree before, you know, it got power crept out by everything. But like back in its heyday, when it was like coming out of sideboards, when it was like maybe a one or two of in like grindier mid-range decks. Uh, I remember that it always seemed like, oh, well, landfall get a clue, but then you got to spend the mana. But it because it attacked on multiple axes of being a powerful card advantage threat and also like, you know, being able to, you know, combat. Like, it's a beater. It, mm-hmm. it was a beater but it was also taking away from like ulterior game plans right like people had to respect like the combo or of, of like a lands deck while also respecting this individual threat and it reminds me very much of like when you play against like cephalid breakfast when they play a stoneforge mystic well it's like now you have to respect respect this like fair beatdown plan and cryptic coat by the way i is showing up uh in stoneforge decks and, and a couple of other things that seems to be one of the cards from Carlop manor that has has been a hitter for people but uh I think that in ways that are not obvious, there's a lot of potential for people to continue exploring Karlov Manor. We may not they may not take the time considering that there's going to be new follow-up cards and we may get something busted. But my experience with the deuce, at least, has been that it is exceptional. And here's an analogy for uh, anybody who knows that I've been a predict miracles guy forever, right? So for counterbalance, predict miracles guy, that's who I've been for a very long time. Now I hope that this will translate to the archetypes that people play when they look at other cards. But a lot of the play patterns when I played counterbalance predict is if I have a counter, like if, if is everything is going to according to plan, I can stick a counterbalance, I do a terminus, I sweep the board, we're in this sort of holding pattern on an empty board, but I have a counterbalance, right? Like that's the only thing on, on the table and I, I'm not otherwise applying any pressure to you and you have to now navigate your uh, around this counterbalance. What ends up happening in the predict miracles variations is predict miracles is a very good counter puncher if i have a counterbalance and we're in the ring we're boxing and i'm exceptional at counter punching predict in order to see the top card off the counterbalance and convert itself you have to act i have to wait in the center of the ring for you to come to me i got to draw you out and then you do something and then i can counter punch whether that's like with fetch mystic sanctuary shenanigans, predicting the interim, doing something of a cantrip off of the counterbalance trigger. Like there's a bunch of different things that you can do, but predict is stuck until you act. Whereas deduce, if we're in that same holding pattern of counterbalances on the table and we're at, at, and we're otherwise jockeying for position. Now, if you pass the turn, instead of me having to like sandbag this predict and wait for you to come for me, I can deduce in that holding pattern. And that analogy when we're boxing is like now I get to start pushing you into the corner because I still have a cantrip on top of the deck with, or uh, on board off of the investigate uh, the clue token. So that also stacks extremely well with multiple counterbalances. It, again, I get to apply more pressure by stacking multiple counterbalances in the same way where like you can interact between the two counterbalance triggers. The clue just sitting on the table is also very good. It's uh the clue itself is better with mystic sanctuary because if you Mystic Sanctuary something back to the top, like a Terminus or something, and then need to convert that Terminus, that's not as good with Predict because then you have to like target you to target the opponent to mill to draw the card. Whereas with the Clue, you don't have to do that. So Deduce has been really exceptional. The other thing that's been very good with Deduce is that like if you didn't have the setup Cantrip on turn one, you get you just get to Deduce on turn two and now you still have the Clue just sitting on the table. So it being card advantage over multiple turns, still quite good. Uh. everything about the card that I've tested since it come out, I've played four deduce miracles since it has come out and it is the truth. Like I my my deck may be bad. The strategy may be bad, but deduce is good. Now is it, can it be good elsewhere? (laughs) I mean, it's better than AK it's uh, you know, in my experience so far, it's been better than predicting that it doesn't need setup required. Right. So it's, it's, it's easier to convert. It's not like with AK where you need two copies to make it good. Like deduce is just two copies of AK off the top, you know? Um, it's just been very smooth, and uh, I've I've appreciated it greatly. Now, there are other aspects of that that I think are better than we think from the last two sets. I think there's a couple of things. So, in Murder's Call of Manor, Cryptic Code has made the rounds. Yep. Uh, also, also hop in anytime. I feel like I'm monologuing.
0: No, no, you're uh, good. I I am. I was actually just waiting for you to get to Cryptic Code because that that's one that. Uh, we, I don't think we really covered too much. We, we, we might have mentioned it, but we,
1: we walked right past it. Well, I, I think Crypticot, everybody's been you know uh, con- comparing it to True Name Nemesis. And I think the closer assessment is that it's way closer to Skull, Because it being the threat that you can pick up and put back down means that it just gets through any amount of creature removal. Because, like, no amount of creature removal will be good enough, right? Like, as long yeah. as, if the game is going long and you're not getting locked or comboed in some way, getting to pick up the coat and put it back down is just way better than, like, a TNN that you can't interact with. Because even though it, it, the, the, the cloaked creatures have Ward too, like, you can still get through that, right? Like, yeah. in a long game, in a grindy game, you can get through that. Uh, uh, playing against many a uh, Kappa Cannoneer, if we're in a developed game and you Kappa... I don't care. I'm just going to spend five mana and remove it, and it's fine. Its own capital was only devastating when it came down on like turn two. Yeah. Uh, so in a similar I way, I think get that followed like, up
0: on turn three with another one.
1: Yeah. So in, <laughs> in ways where people are like, oh yeah, we can play it like true name, and it's like it's sort of. The, I think that like you, you put it in your if you if you're playing it with Stoneforge Mystic, I mean, great. I don't know if you need to because it's still a cheap enough threat at three mana that pitches. Yeah. But, the fact that like it works with your cantrips to like clear the top of the deck, you can sneak creatures in. I played against uh, breakfast at the two K over the weekend, and I had counterbalance floating, and it was pretty clear that I would be able to counter a two drop, and he could never actually convert uh, his uh, illusionist into play. But he like uh, I let a cantrip go through because I wanted to be able to ensure that I wouldn't get comboed off. But he cryptic coded to sneak his oh, illusionist onto okay. the board to then next turn. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, like uh, what's it when you uncover it off the disguise? You we'll just morph call it. that unmorphing. You turn it face up. <laughs> yeah, turn uh, it face up. So when he turned, he turned it face up to get through the counterbalance, which was just like, oh, that's like a cool shenanigan. It was the first time I had played against CryptoCoat. Yeah. But like the powerful part of CryptoCoat wasn't that. Oh yeah, it was putting off Stoneforge Mystic, and that's good. I mean, it's good because it can get it in uncounterable. But like the powerful part was just like, okay, we've developed and. Now we just, you need to expend some amount of resources and you expend them by just picking the coat back up and down. Yeah. Uh, so in, but in that regard, it reminded me very mm-hmm. much of the old days of like Stoneforce Mystic Battle Skull, where like you could just put the, plop the Battle Skull down. And then as long as you held up three mana, you knew that you were going to be able to gr- outgrind your opponent because you could always just pick up the Battle Skull, Just
0: bounce it back, yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Have you played against coat or with coat at all yet?
0: I've, I've not. Uh, it, it looks super interesting just because yeah, the ability to bounce it back to your hand. I think we really underestimated how good this card was based on the fact that we were just like, you know, who's going to spend who's going spend three mana to, to make a deck to make this work? And it just turns out that this does, does everything you need to do all by itself. Like, you don't yeah, have to build th- around this card. You can just throw it into your deck.
1: Yeah, I think it, it being... If you're not really competing for slots, like, if you want to condense how many uh creatures or uh, sorry like condense your threat base that you can do it and it's like if you then spend your counter magic or whatever to like protect it coming in it can then protect itself on the board by a not caring about actual creature removal and then b against stuff that would try and clip it you can bounce it back but you know you get into the space where it's like oh yeah with batter skull you had to spend 3 mana so it could be dangerous if you're you fear you know getting blown up in response to getting it picked up but at 2 mana in a really developed game where you're just grinding, it's a lot easier to be like, okay, two mana pick this up, pack up and then still have two mana up to protect it again yeah. if they try and fight over it that way. So it sort of condenses that play pattern down. And then, you know, even though it doesn't have lifelink to pick up, it is a bit more aggressive, right? Like three mana unblockables are pretty aggressive. And when you pick it back up, when you pick up a Skull token, if that ever happens, the, the germ would die. Whereas yeah. with CryptoCoat, you just still have the 2-2 with Ward 2, which, you know, pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. 22s
0: two twos, 22s two twos with uh with ward 2 are fine. Uh obviously uh for free uh I, I wouldn't you know land my entire game plan on uh on on that. But the fact that uh it leaves it there
1: it is actually kind of the big the big thing cuz like I, I, yeah. I I yeah, think g- that like- in go, go on. Oh, I was just going to say that I, I think that the, the the caveat of thinking of like oh a, a three mana two two with ward two is not or a, a three mana three two unblockable with ward two maybe not playable in legacy but if it's a if you think about it as it's it's the uh, like after that first one it's a two mana or it's a three mana two two with ward two that draws a card and that draws a card just happens to be cryptic coat. Like, yeah if you think every single time you do it you draw cryptic code. That's like, you know, if every creature in your deck draws cryptic coat, then all of a sudden that's pretty good because every single creature draws a card. And if you're just grinding, then it's like, yeah, ETB draw card is really good.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, there are games where you'll get to, you'll get to that point where you have five mana and all you really want to do is just keep, you know, putting this in and making more going wide as it were. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know. It's interesting card because it's not something we've seen. Uh, previously, like, not exactly. You know, like, you were saying Batterskull, but, like, this is so much, like, you know, there's no lifelink, but this is so much more uh, resilient than Batterskull, and also just, you know, having it in your hand isn't the end of the world. You know, (laughs) like, when you draw Batterskull and you're a Stoneforge deck, you're like, oh, that was not what I wanted to have. You know, I wanted to get something, you know, I
1: wanted to get this from my uh, deck, not from just drawing it. And to the extent that you're, like, it's more resilient than Batterskull, it's because the, it's, you know, it's literally four mana cheaper total on both yeah. ends, right? Like, you spend four less mana. Your threat maybe isn't as good, but, like, a 4-4 four, four isn't necessarily where it's at anyway. Yeah. You know, Lifelink is where it's at, right? Like, that's really the part of Batterskull of that's great. But, like, if you're in that space, like, I think that CryptoCote, like, everybody has acknowledged that, like, CryptoCode is a, a player from the set. It's not, like, going to overhaul the format or anything, no. but it is the card that I think, again, I feel like people like scratch the surface and then haven't really delved into like where it's actually optimal, which I think is like, we are going to just like, be- you want to trade resources. You want to trade, 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 trade. And then coat is going to be the thing that's inevitable, right? Like code is inevitability. Yeah, And that- that's really where I think like, you know, I- I've seen people playing Stoneforge Mystic, like, you know, old school, like Stoneblade decks with CryptoCoat. I've now seen uh, CryptoCoat with uh in breakfast but i've only seen it attached to stoneforge mystic and i don't even know if you even need the stoneforge mystic
0: yeah i or kind of agree just be... i kind of agree with you
1: on that i, you I, know I don't mean? know
0: that stoneforge is where you want to be and like it's fine like if you want to add this to your deck you know great but i don't think yeah, that it's... this is a card that needs stoneforge mystic and that's kind of what i was getting at is like uh you know when you have a batter skull in your hand uh even if you get it through, you know, Stoneforge Mystic and your opponent kills the Stoneforge Mystic, you're just like, great, that's terrible. You know? This right. this yeah. like is castable at three mana. You know, it it feels it, it, you know, if somebody counters this, uh that's fine, I guess. But just continuing to recast it and recast it and recast it, eventually you're gonna get to a point against at least a slower deck, um, where they're gonna ha- they're gonna have to decide
1: what they want to do about the cryptic coat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think that there's also the interesting part that like cryptic code can clear chafe off the top of your deck, right? Which also la- leads me to believe that it's better to just be in like a harder control deck as opposed to just a mid range deck because you know actually getting to manipulate your draw, even though it's a it's a clunky way to do that, but if you're trying to get to that board to begin with, that like okay three mana clear chafe off of a ca- off of a cantrip is is still pretty solid. Like it sounds like a lot, but like you get to pick and choose these spots because cryptic code only costs two to pick up. It's additional blue cards whenever you need it like you know in the late game if you're like oh yeah i can sandbag this force of will and your opponent is like how many cards do you have and you have one but like the the crypto coat threatened picking up threatens to be your your blue card so it's like yeah, yeah you that's know actually you're
0: pretty you're, interesting there too
1: it's very subtle it's like a yeah. lot of subtle things but i think that that's what i'm talking about with carlo Manor. is like it, the 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 stuff that like this comes out it's not just oh Obviously, it just has to be in this thing that we've only ever thought about always because like, yeah. oh, it's an equipment, gotta have it with Stoneforge Mystic. I just don't think that that's the the space necessarily because you Stoneforge Mystic can never pick up the coat. The yeah. coat doesn't have an equip <clears throat> cost. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, I, I I think in that space, uh, it, it's just like the other thing that I was thinking of like, how deep can you go? I've seen I I played against a Phyrexian Dreadnought deck uh, with the uh, Gatekeeper. It was just Mono White Dreadnought. Yeah, and. You know Urza Saga, and you know you have the bunch of things. You're already like you know pre boarded (laughs) against Doomsday and Initiative because you're playing all of these effects that you know make it so that the it's Gatekeeper's role, right, or something like that. Gatekeeper's role is the name of the card. That's called yeah. That card also, I think, in in ways that is is pretty interesting. Now that deck that I played against, it had a bunch of chafe in it that I think if that was cleaned up, then that deck becomes way more powerful. So some of the the chafe was like it was playing like Oswald Piddlebender. Yeah. I don't think that's a legacy playable card. <laughs> but everything else about the deck of, like, between Hushbringer and Gatekeeper Thrall, okay, those are the stuff that's turning on your Dreadnoughts, but then you had Urza Saga, which can fetch up the Dreadnoughts with these, you know, two mana uh, flyers that don't die to, to Bowmaster. Okay, we're 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 heads up there. It's it, that space, like, that shell, and yeah. it was playing the, getting the, to, the land. Getting to put a copy.
0: Dreadnought in off of uh, Urza Saga is just bonkers disgusting
1: yeah right and you you, you, you <laughs> make a bunch of power and then you tutor it out and you make more power and it's like that's that shell that condensed shell particularly like the, the, this player that i played against uh, it's on camera it's on 90s mtg we have a, we have a game that's on there like uh, below. it was also playing it was playing what was the land that uh can copy dreadnought that we talked about when it first came out
0: oh my god michael sent michael gardens? gardens
1: yes right Is it called gardens yes we we'll, have we'll go the, gardens yeah yeah it's it's one tap copy <laughs> a, 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 an artifact yeah and so we were talking yeah it's another way to like you know copy and make make dreadnoughts and urza saga is inherently powerful to begin with and can make dreadnoughts and you have these shells and i'm like if you just put your yourself into that space of you know if you can only be in mono white but if you replaced Fiddlebender with like i don't know any amount of interaction then all of a sudden that deck looks pretty solid right like even if it was like protect protection spells, because like you only you're a tempo deck at that point, you're making one mana 12 twelve twelve. So like I think that like, that space, I think that that deck could be a really cool, interesting new like or uh, a <coughs> saga deck. That it's also uh, uh,
0: interesting because with the with the gardens, right? The gardens it does tap to to you know to work, but um you know you could do this EOT. Right with your if you have you know let's let's pretend you have enough mana, um, you could EOT get out your, uh, dreadnought and turn the gardens into a dreadnought and then untap and attack for the kill. Yeah, which is kind of
1: ridiculous. The, the deck uh, can be fast. Yeah, and also speaking of, uh, like we were just talking about cryptic coat you can cryptic coat your Dreadnought. Exactly. Put it face down, yeah, yeah. That's face up, I thought you were right? going with this actually the whole time. <laughs> but, but, but uh, well, that, that it, it is, but like, I mean, I don't know the the whole thing of the build. Like, can, can it support two colors? Like, you know, maybe you lose the gardens then that's fine. I don't know how yeah. effective the gardens actually is. But like in that space, it's like, okay, well, if you play coat and then if you're, you're, in, in, you're in white and it's like, okay, maybe well, there you want Stoneforge Mystic because you're already playing the Shadow Spear. So like there's additional, you know, incentives there. But like now we're playing with all legacy power level cards. And, but like, that's what I mean by the exploration. I feel like the exploration has only been, okay, first glance, there's the mono white painter deck. What if we remove the painter, added in the dreadnoughts and the gatekeeper thralls and see how this plays out. But yeah. it's like, we can, with every list so far that, whether it's cryptic coat lists, whether it's this gatekeeper thrall I- interaction, uh, there's, I, I want to talk about case of the filch, filched raven. Case of the Force of Filth raven I'm gonna be playing I'm gonna be play <laughs> well, on that card. I'm very hyped.
0: Well a card that we we mentioned and we we were pretty hype on initially, then we realized that it wasn't as good, but has still uh shown that it's very good, at least in modern, is Leyline of the Guild Pact.
1: Yeah, Leyline of the Guild Pact has just made Rainbow Rhinos, which is, you know, you play the Leyline and then on turn two you can cast your uh Scion of Draco of Draco. And, Draco. It's, it's it's all colors, and so it has all of the abilities that it grants, which is like Hex Blue from Flying and First Strike and Trample or whatever. I don't know. It's it's literally all of the abilities, right? So you just have a 4-4 with all the abilities, and it's very good. And you play it in your beans deck and you know it draws a card. Yeah. So and like...
0: and you know, hey, the extra really learned still pitch to Force of Will. So uh, you know it's that's an interesting it's an interesting choice for the deck. I, I play with Scion of Draco and Modern. Uh, I have, like, a zoo deck. But mm-hmm. uh, the the Leyline of the Guild Pact with Sign of the Draco is something I, I really didn't think of at all. And it's just wild how, like, good, you know, how good is the Tarmogoyf if it has all of those uh, abilities, you know? <laughs> like, it gets yeah. much better, you know? We, we go from a card that wasn't playable to a card that's very playable, you
1: know? Yeah, I, I think, like, Leyline <laughs> was, like, Leyline being good, it's just like, oh, was the free spell good? The zero mana effect was good? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, of course, it, yeah. That, that's why it's like I, I feel like everybody recognizing Leyline and it, you know exploding in price or whatever. It's just like it, it feels like the most obvious because obviously the free thing is the best card. But so so I'm, it's Vigilance, Hexproof, Lifelink for Strike and Trample. Ooh. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's quite uh, that's quite solid. You know, w- one thing that like we haven't talked about is uh, Procidetic memory the enchantment that yes, draws cards I actually to, wanted to ask.
0: Has anybody played that
1: well I, I know that we've talked about i feel like that's that card is actually still underplayed what it has shown up in is riddler the riddler combo oh, deck
0: oh yeah okay
1: cuz the whole thing is you draw you you draw your deck and then that thing draws that like draws a card you're doing nothing but drawing cards with riddler and so by the time you hit your attack step you can either pump a guy and then like you know attack for lethal or you can just suit up your uh uh walking ballista. Yeah. Move to combat, put all these counters from all these cards I drawn my deck a bu- you know however many times. M- make my ballista off 40-40, shoot you. Yeah. Right? Like we didn't think of that when the spoilers nope. came out, but like that's shown up and that's really good. Right? Yeah. I'm trying
0: to see what what are the other what were the other cards that uh oh you mentioned the Raven, the case of the Filched Falcon. That's what that's what it was. Falcon. So, case of the Filched Falcon. Filched Falcon. So this yeah, is I I this is one blue mana for a case, so sorta of like a like a class. Uh but you have to solve it. Uh when it enters you get an an investigate, so you get a clue token. Uh yeah. then you uh. solve it if you control three or four three or more artifacts, and then uh, uh if it's solved you can pay two and a blue to sacrifice this and put four plus one, plus one counters on a non-creature artifact. It's a burn flying.
1: Yeah. So one thing to note for this, which is why I think it's interesting. A, because I think clues are underrated. I think just having draw cards sit on the table is really powerful. Uh, So for, I've been very impressed by deduce. And so that made me think, okay, what are the other effects that just incidentally put a clue token on the table? Because having draw a card just sit on the table is really powerful, it, it, at least in my experience as, a, as the control mage. And so having this as a one drop, I was like, well, one mana, of, you know, virtually draw a card, right? Yeah. So it's one mana, virtually draw a card. You just get to choose when you draw it. So like you get to hold up mana and do it when it's convenient. But the upside of, okay, metalcraft to solve. And I already want to be in the deduce space. So it's like I'm going to be making several clues, but I'm not looking to end the game necessarily. I'm looking to control it. And then I want to be able to turn the corner, but I want my win conditions to be incidental. And one thing that I've routinely found as I've been testing deduce is I have a bunch of 10 twos in my deck. Now, I, 10 twos are what I refer to as like cards that are either a 10 or a two, depending on the matchup. And yeah. those are usually better situated as sideboard cards. You want like very consistent, like seven eights in your deck always in your main board, right? when you're like and that's always the tricky part about a control deck because you have white cards in your deck that against combo don't do anything and so you 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 try and use your cantrips as ways to like draw the correct half of your deck to mitigate that uh but what i'm thinking of when i was looking at filched falcon is okay metalcraft will be incidental over time right if if you're making enough clues or doing you know mishra's baubles or whatever you may incidentally just be able to solve the case cool you know that's that's incidental because you've already gotten the investigate token off of the etb for one mana. great to solve and putting you making a four four flyer off of whatever that is if you put it on the clue and make it a four four flyer well now that clue's a beater if your opponent ever wants to interact with that four four flyer and try and remove it you can sack it i looked at this specifically clues don't need to tap yeah so you no. can attack and if they try and remove it whatever i'll draw a card right like all of the play patterns here are really, really nice of being like, this is incidental. And if you interact with it, whatever. And if you don't, whatever. Right. Like we love that. We love that as the control maze. So that was the whole baleful strict. That's a baleful strict syndrome, right? So yeah. It was always excellent. Like interact with it, great. Don't interact with it, great. It's doing its job. It drawed a card on ETB. Same thing here, right? It investigates on ETB. So I'm like thinking about it in this space of like, oh, this is like the uh, a one mana baleful strict. I get that it doesn't trade, but it can make a four four flyer, which can be relevant against certain things when you need to block, like, you know, the, drc or the delver in the air right so like mm-hmm. that's not bad when we get to that space you know after the game is developed somewhat uh it's finding the right the right numbers like this is where i need to test Is like you know how effectively do i need to get to metalcraft i'm thinking it's similarly to like drc players thinking how aggressively do they need to get delirium but it also keeps the curve lower right it's another one mana cantrip I, like everything about it that we didn't think in in spoilers, right? Like yeah. I didn't think of these things of like what does this actually look like until I played with the Deuce and was like, oh, these clues are actually re- sitting on the table is really powerful. What else sitting that, that like does something similar? Filched Falcon is just a one man version of that that happens to also be a threat. And so I'm going to be experimenting with this, you know, in the next several uh, events that I play in. I'm going to test out Filched Falcon, Filched Falcon and. That's where, when I'm reading everybody writing about on on Twitter or on other podcasts I'm listening to that Markov Manor is not as impactful, I'm thinking it's not just as openly, obviously impactful. Yeah. We're not getting the Orcish Bowmasters that's like, oh, yeah, clearly, obviously, this thing is broken. Like, very clearly, everything about the card is good and does everything good in exactly the way that you think it's good. The most most subtle part of that
0: card was, Phil, was that it wasn't a named character.
1: Yeah, that, it, 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 it's, you it's, it's, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, so like, in that regard, I feel like Karlov Manor is not giving us a bunch of cards that are just very obviously openly, yeah, b- broken in the way that we've gotten from a lot of the past several sets. Where it's like, clearly, this is a legacy card, obviously, yeah. right? There's a bunch of cards that I think are good role players that can be impactful if they are given any amount of support that are not even asking for a lot, to be totally honest, right? Yeah. Like I think that they are just good cards on their own, but they're not very openly obviously good cards. And then where they are obviously slotted may not actually be the best home for them. So it takes a little bit more homework, a little bit more practice to like find where they might be best situated. Crypto coats a great example. And I, I feel like as we're talking about it, there's probably cards that I'm not even seeing in Markov manner, still that are better than we think that just haven't gotten the time of day because they haven't been experimented with you yeah. know it's it's similar you know, cards that like stand out to me that are seeing a bunch of play that didn't before uh a, a, like a, a while back that were like sort of fringy was like Witherbloom Command I'm seeing the Soul Tide decks and Witherbloom Command seems like <laughs> solid awesome yeah. staple two of in yeah. you know tier one top deck and that it, it seems like a role player, but like when it first came out, it's not like it was a slam dunk. Well, even you know, Assassin's it's, it's...
0: Trophy was like that. We weren't talking about Assassin's Trophy until like a year or two later.
1: Yeah, I, I, I've been like looking through the uh, the Karlov spoilers again just to see like, okay, wh- what did we miss? What are we not looking at? Because there's so many things where it's like, if you just tack investigate onto it, you just you 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 lower the the the, or you raise the floor of what's playable because it replaces itself yeah like there are so many cards that just say draw a card on it but they're 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 disguised under the word investigate and so you don't actually see it in the play pattern in the same way if it just said draw a card but if you looked at every investigate card and just actually swapped the word investigate out and put draw a card in like how do we actually evaluate those cards and I, it's totally changed how like when they go back and do investigate it again in a future set. Like, I will be looking at it in, in with entirely different eyes because yeah, it's, it's way better. Like the two, I get that you have to pay two mana, but it's like it's way better than meets the eye. I feel like.
0: I think another thing to to keep in mind also is like I didn't look super close. Like I look at all the rares. I always look at all the rares, all the all of the um, mythics, of course. Um but I don't go deep 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 into the uncommons and that's only where we miss things is is in the uncommons. Uh you know famously I, I think uh what was the the one that was like oh man I should have picked those up and then it became you know there that's a story for every set honestly like I'm just like ah, oh, mm-hmm. I wish I would have picked those up. Um but the the cards that I think are kind of going to be sleepers here are the Investigate, not the investigate uh is it uh collect evidence cuz that that is just a metric that i'm not sure that most of us are willing to do the mental math on and every now and again i look at a card like you know let's look at crypto crypt text cryptex uh which is a mana rock and it's two, it's two mana for uh collect evidence 3 tap it add a mana of any color uh to the mana pool and put a uh, unlock counter on Cryptex. Then you can sacrifice it and surveil three and draw three cards. Which I mean, look, we don't need mana rocks in uh in legacy, not that produce one mana. But um this is interesting because getting to like, you know you know, getting an effect out of a card that you wanted anyhow and then uh drawing three later on, like that's something that like we, we really didn't discuss. Um, and, and for what it's worth that's Collect Evidence 3 so that's 9 mana in your graveyard over the course of a couple of turns that like you just had to remove from the game that can happen, that doesn't seem that crazy to me um, yeah, I wouldn't play this particular card but like, you know, what I'm saying like the Collect Evidence thing, I don't think we looked into hard enough, and I I bet there's something out there that Collect Evidence is, is actually pretty good We took it all
1: Yeah, and also collect evidence will only get better as they give us like these like really heavy cycling cards that are always thick fatties that you just get to put it in the yard. And yeah, look at I look mean, at, at that, about that you know, troll, right? That was yeah, that was always the enabler, right? I remember there was a, a long time ago there was. I mean, we we had talked about the um, the collect evidence. I think it's collect evidence eight, and it's essentially uh, the one green mana you can tutor a land or a creature. Yeah. So there's the version of that that's delirium. Where it's like you can search for a basic, but you have Delirium, you can search for a creature or land. And there was a, a while back that people were playing that with Tarmogoyf and Death Shadow as like threats, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're threats up to 12. So they would have 12 threats, even though they only had four Shadow and four goy. Yeah, that was, like, uh, that was Traverse
0: the, the Ovenwald.
1: Traverse the involved. So uh, yeah. let, analyze let's see if the we can pollen find. is the card we're talking about now. Analyze the pollen. Yeah. So analyze the pollen. I know that we had talked about it. and We just uh, did what everybody else did. It, it feels like as we just looked at like, oh yeah, it's you know, you just it's another one of those things that like, you know, seems like it's good, but like it, you just sort of need the investment. But it's like I don't know. Like if you don't want to play the scam reanimate package, you can still play troll, which is fine as just like a way to lower your land count and then enable this thing on the cheap and then have, like, way cheaper threats, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't think that that's unheard of without, like, you know. I, I feel like that's, that's what I mean, though. Like, it's just reiterating that we haven't actually explored in a meaningful way these cards that, like, might be good. One, like, I know that we talked about Breakout. Everybody was really excited about Breakout when it, was, when it first came out. It's red and a green for a sorcery. Look at the top six card of your library. You may v- reveal a creature card from among them. If it has mana value two or less, you can put it onto the battlefield and it gains haste. Blah blah blah. So it's like a, a a free like tutor effect, but I'm like, I get that red and green is tough, but okay, what creatures do we actually want to put in play? Like that matter in Legacy that that could be good. I mean, Jund has been like clamoring for a bunch of stuff recently, right? And it's like masters is the best threat, and it's like, all right, do you want to, if we have this plus uh Bowmaster as in any of the shells? Like I experimented with rock recently trying to make that work and it didn't but it was also because i played with a bunch of anemic cards that aren't good enough anymore yeah. but if i if i had if i just removed the cards that were bad replaced it with something like breakout to get the good cards that were good yeah. like maybe there maybe there's something there I, I i want our listeners before these Fallout spoilers come and take our attention and you know lock us into something i'm I've, I've been looking through the call of mana spoilers literally like sleeping lust just because i'm thinking of the possibilities of what we could do here and i urge our listeners to do the same also i've been looking at like Filch falcon and deduce and all of these cards that investigate and that has made me go back to eldraine to look at bargain cards again Because yeah. now i'm like oh man like is there a world where like there's just a bargain card that we're not realizing that's under the radar that with all these like incidental tokens that you'd play anyway happens to be pretty strong you know i was looking at like farsight ritual i was like can i just play with dig through time and nobody else can yeah you know. i I haven't tested it yet but i'm not thinking i'm like i four mana i didn't think it was good enough before as a possibility but i'm like i mean if i'm a mystic sanctuary deck and you know i play you know one of these and just bury my opponent like i dig through time once the game is over Right? Like Yeah, if you do that it seems twice, so it's good. kind
0: of ridiculous, you know?
1: Yeah. I was I was literally looking at like, you know, oh we're the we're in the beans deck, right? And I was like looking at the card banish into fable. It's you look at it on the surface, it's fucking trash. Sorry for you know, it's it's four blue white for an instant. It says bounce a permanent, or bounce a non-land permanent, but then you get to copy it if you control an, en- an enchantment, and then you get to copy it if you control an artifact. So essentially, you get to bounce three things and make three two two Vigilant Knights for six mana. Now, that's too much, right? The, obviously, six mana is too much. Yeah. But if we're in the beans deck, and I've been trying to figure out how do I limit uh, my Entreat being a 10-2, and I'm like looking at this thing, I'm like, well, this is effectively upheaval, that then makes three two twos at instant speed that have vigilance and can hold down a bowmaster. Like, I don't know. Is that, are we, are we in the space? Like Phil <laughs> Falcon turns it on by itself. Like where are we at? You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm like, I would never consider that. Like on the surface, people are probably listening to me explain that card and being like, Phil, that's obviously trash. It's obviously gross. It's trash. Like you can never play it. Has anybody cast it? Has anybody tried it? I haven't. But I'm like thinking, I'm like. Uh, I mean, I cast this
0: card during standard when it was out as like this. There was a weird like,
1: you know, there was a weird deck that played this. (laughs) Of course, I was playing. If if if, (laughs) if I get to hold up all of my mana at all times, right? Yeah. And then when when my opponent does anything, I'm like, all right, bounce your board, make two untap, make make these two twos untap, take six. I they they haven't. uh, I I don't have to tap them. So like, if you try and you know. I don't know, fucking fourth Aerolingus me or whatever. Like, you got to do it for more than three because I got three tokens. Yeah. Like, I, I don't you know. You like, to do it for at least that... six, right? Like, because <laughs> it's like if you're in that space, block them, like, you know, I'm like, oh man, should I just be playing instead of my entreat? Should I just be playing this one of banish into fable and like incidentally be blowing people out because I can up people a whole board? You can also bounce your own shit, by the way. Like, yeah. you know, maybe it's good to be like, oh, I want to reset my Narset or I want to res I want to pick up my my. Draw a card off of my beanstalk, pick it back up, and then I can draw another card. And so, like, incidentally, it, it cantripped an additional time, you know? Like, maybe you have your man. snapcaster mage I, that you don't play anymore back in your hand. I, I just keep seeing, like, all these possibilities of these cards that are incidentally enabling other things that I would have never considered ever. Yeah. And that to me is the mark of a set that's actually really good. Like, Karlov Manor is making me think about cards that aren't in Karlov Manor in ways that I wasn't ever thinking about before. And that is so much more interesting. Like, okay, if I play against, you know, somebody like slams an initiative creature against me and the game ends and it's really boring and it sucks. It's like, yeah, that's, that, that sucks. Like that, that stuff isn't interesting. And sets that have those kinds of uh, mechanics aren't interesting. They're obviously broken and busted. They don't make gameplay any any fun and that's it. But then everything in Karlov manner so far, I've been like, Nothing is egregious. Nothing is broken. Everything is interesting. And if anything, I'm thinking about cards that aren't even in the set, but only because of the stuff that Carlov Manor has. Yeah. Like it's it, it's it it has exceeded my expectations, well beyond what we did for the review. And if anybody watched the review, I don't know if we like caught anything that anybody else didn't. But I I just want to like do a whole nother set review of Carlov Manor, <laughs> knowing what we know now you know what i mean and like yeah. reevaluating everything actually in context with like go- going way deeper now that i've had some experience with the play patterns yeah
0: carlov manther carlov uh, carlov manther a one month retrospective
1: <laughs> i mean but all, but also yeah. it, it is kind of like it is fun that like the shenanigans of of disguise and cloak or whatever being like not good unless they give you a, a an engine a one card engine like yeah. cryptic coat yeah that that ability sucks like if if anything i was distracted i was like man they're getting really lazy in design they just they print better cascade in one set and then the next set they just power creep morph and manifest like literally back-to-back sets they were just like let's take a mechanic from the past and power creep it
0: well they were like how do we make megamorph (laughs) how do we make megamorph interesting (laughs)
1: But I feel like we were, I I was definitely distracted by the fact that I was like, man, that's really lazy. Just taking mechanics from the past and arbitrarily power creeping them without any, uh, like, no, no, nothing else, just power creeping them. And then I'm like looking at all these other cards of like, that are interesting designs that we weren't paying attention to and being like, this is fucking great. So I'm going to, I'll report back with my uh, testing of Filch Falcon. I'm very excited about it. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think that's, that's a good spot to, to leave everyone off at is, uh, We'll get an idea of how these cards work going forward and uh report back. Uh I'm gonna bring some decks to uh to Chicago. So maybe I'll try Phil's Falcon in uh what's it called? In uh eight cast. See if see if that dude, uh gets there.
1: Dude, you wanna remember... you you know remember the last time we talked about a one mana uh permanent that draws a card? Do you remember what that one was? no arkham's astrolabe now i get oh, yeah. that philip falcon <laughs> philip falcon is definitely not I, I, like I, I i i i know 100 percent it's not going to be as good as uh, astrolabe was because astrolabe you know replaced itself immediately and then had an effect that was meaningful and affected your entire mana base uh construction yeah. but I, i'm excited to play with a one mana permanent that draws a card like that that is a rare commodity and i'm excited to test it out and it's blue yeah so.
0: All right. Well, uh, there you have it. I guess, uh, we will catch you guys, uh, after I come back from, uh, MagicCon Chicago and uh, I'll report back in. We're going to have a lot of, a lot of content, uh, coming out that week. So, uh, stick with us and, uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for watching. For the gift that keeps on giving all year round, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash And Hey, check out this Playlist we got up here with all of our interviews over the last couple of years. Some great people from the Legacy community, some really great guests.